0: So if you've spent any amount of time in the space over the last couple days, you've heard that Tiffany & Co., yes, the jewelry company, is getting ready to do an NFT drop under the name of NFTIFs. Well, a lot of times when these big brands are coming into the space and they're getting ready to do a drop, there's a lot of outrage. The community is just negative about it. Some people say that it is just a cash grab. Other people will say that they're just looking to hop on the next big thing for marketing and others will say that is stealing up all the liquidity from the NFT community and stopping people from going into other projects. Well, I disagree with all of that, especially with this drop. And today we're going to actually say why I think this is a good thing. And I think this drop is going to do well. So first of all, I must say, I kind of like the name nf You know, it's a nice little play on words, if you will, or just not really even a play on words, just adding something onto the end of NFT and tying it in with the whole name Tiffany's. But generally speaking, I'm going to say this, in my opinion, is going to be a positive drop and not because it's going to be this mass sale that's going to absolutely change the game and just really just blow things out of the water. Because once I get into the numbers and everything, you're going to see that it's not really that massive of a drop. So the gist of this whole drop is that this pass that they're going to sell is going to allow the holder to claim a pendant that resembles a Crypto Punk. This is going to be a custom signature piece of jewelry done by Tiffany's and they're selling these passes for 30 ETH and the total supply is going to be 250 total. That's it. So we're talking about a drop with a total sale of 7,500 ETH or $11 million. Now, a lot of people say that is a crazy amount of money. That is just a lot of money to take out of the market. But mind you, this is a massive company. And as far as it being a cash grab, this is the first thing I'm going to address. And why I don't even think that is feasible to say that. Because considering that LVMH purchased Tiffany & Company for... $16 billion in 2020. I mean, this is just a drop in the bucket. When you work out the math, I don't know how they structured the deal, what their loan was like or what. I mean, this probably doesn't even make one of their loan payments, right? $11 million for a company of this size, $16 billion, that's really nothing. So I couldn't even characterize this as being a cash grab. It just doesn't make sense. This is not like some small run-of-the-mill company that $11 million is just game-changing for them, right? And the second thing is that they're searching for the next big thing. Well, in case you've forgotten, we are in a bear market right now. This is not like they're just hopping on the wave, trying to ride the coattails of the news and get some free publicity. No, they're going to have to put out, they're going to have to advertise, get influencers on board and do all sorts of things that they wouldn't get in, say, March or even last year or whenever it would be, it's like, this is a terrible time to actually launch unless you have some intentions to actually do something. And well thought out projects are coming out in bear markets. This is not just the time to hop onto the wave and just get onto the next thing. People are pulling back their marketing budget, their outreach and all of those things, and then sticking to the tried and true thing. So if a company this large is actually getting ready to go into this whole NFT space and invest this kind of money they must have a strategy. And I think what makes this very interesting ties into the whole liquidity thing, right? It is a flawed logic. I mean, honestly, this is probably the worst one of the arguments that are out there because this is a 30 ETH drop. It's not like 30 ETH is going to be robbed away from the small projects, you know, like these uh, 0.05 ETH projects and, you know, all things like that, because we're talking about 30 ETH, which is $45,000 $45,000 at today's value. I mean, that is a huge bankroll. And to give you perspective as to what's really how much that is, I mean, that is a really big number. I mean, sometimes we don't even fully understand what that means. We just throw out numbers like 30 ETH, right? So OpenSeas over the last 30 days, well, guess what the average price of the NFT sold on that market is? 250 US dollars or 0.17 eth i mean that is not a lot considering point 0.17 is the average and this is a 30 eth sale so right away we're putting this in like the top percentage of the one percent right now, this is out of the reach for the majority of the market anyways so saying that this is stealing liquidity from the nft community is like saying that a tesla is stealing sales or market share from a smart car if you don't remember what smart cars are just google it the smart for two and these are these little electric cars, like two-seaters. They're not very popular in the U.S., but they were kind of pretty popular in the European markets and what have you. But, you know, it's it's just night and day. Tesla's $100,000 Roadster, whatever, is not stealing from this little itsy-bitsy smart car. Or something that a lot of people would probably more understand. It's like saying that when McDonald's started to offer salads, they're going to steal away market share and steal away interest from people who want to dine at a fine dining five-star restaurant. It just doesn't make sense. It is not logical, right? The type of people that are going to be purchasing a 30 ETH NFT, they have the funds to jump into these little 0.05 and 0.1 projects if they still want to. This is not going to take up all of their money. And even going into the actual structure, all the details of this particular project, it just even more so justifies what I'm trying to say. And, it, you know, all the concerns and negativity towards it. I mean, it's it's really unwarranted. But as a supply of 250 will be allowed, right? There's going to be a presale on August 3rd at 10 a.m. Now, how you get on the list of whatever, it's like Tiffany's people. You have to go apply. There's an email list up there and what have you. But then there's also the public sale that's going to open up on August 5th, 10 a.m. as well. So that public sale is opened up to anyone, literally any single person with 30 ETH and a MetaMask or any kind of Ethereum wallet can go if there's any available still at that point and mint it. However, in order to claim this CryptoPunk pendant now, you have to be the holder of that CryptoPunk because the pendant is going to be made in the image or the likeness of that particular CryptoPunk. And of course, you can't just randomly steal someone's artwork, their IP, whatever might be associated with that. As a holder of the CryptoPunk, that's what entitles you to get that. So anyone can purchase it, but only a CryptoPunk holder can claim the pendant. So of course, that's going to leave an opportunity for someone to, let's say, sell it on the open market, knowing that it's going to sell out or assuming it's going to sell out and try to make a quick flip. But here's the thing where it gets a little weird that the claim window is only open until August 12th. So between the time of the presale kicking off on the 3rd and the end of the claim window, it is only nine days. I mean, that's pretty short if you ask me. So whatever secondary market sales and flipping and all that stuff, I mean, there isn't a large window for that. But using those numbers, as I said, 250 nfts and 11 million dollars in that whole 13 day window if there is any pre-sales and there's any resale secondary sales or anything of that nature whatever they got on top of that is just icing on the cake but i don't think that is their mission their goal trying to do that so why am i saying that this small drop of only 250 nfts is probably a good thing and why i think it is pretty cool Well, first and foremost, I think it is well thought out on the part of Tiffany & Cohen understanding that the CryptoPunks is a high-end, very influential and wealthy market. Why didn't they go after the Bored Apes? Because we're talking about high price, right? Well, if you do the research, you'll find out that CryptoPunk holders are much more higher net worth and influential than Bored Apes. And this is not trying to knock the community or anything. But generally speaking, a lot of those Bored Ape holders are much younger, earlier in their career. Maybe there were some kids that degenerated into the thing and minted it and held it, got their liquidity from their ape coin and the mutants and some other things. But, you know, this is not the same demographics as the CryptoPunks. The CryptoPunks are... Hedge fund holders and CEOs and executives, and that's how they entered in. And if you talk to anyone that really collects those things, a lot of those people are really investing and storing them as pieces of art. These are the type of people that are buying physical art, like the Monet's and the Basquez and all that stuff, Right. And I don't even know if I pronounce those right, because obviously I am not in the market. So what I'm trying to say is it is a completely different demographics. I listen to a lot of marketing podcasts, business people, and they talk about CryptoPunks. They're not talking about, you know, these projects that I'm buying. Right. They're not. I mean, it is a completely different mindset, a different game that they're playing. Sort of like me. Right. I drive a Ford pickup truck. I have never touched a Lamborghini, right? So I'm talking about Rolls Royces and all those types of things. And, you know, it's a completely different game, completely different mindset. And that is how they operate. These are completely different markets. And I don't think that they're stealing any market share or liquidity from anyone. So with that said, let's actually take a look at what they're going to do in this project. You know, with the description that they have up, they have a nice little uh, landing page website up there, nft.tiffany.com. Of course, to answer all those questions about what I just mentioned, that you need to uh, mint it and that only the holders of it will be able to actually claim. You have to have the CryptoPunk to claim the pendant, but you don't have to have one to buy it. Then there's a three limit, so you can only mint up to three of these. There's a description about how the pendant will be designed. Tiffany and co-designers will interpret each CryptoPunk in custom designed pendant, converting the 87 attributes and 159 colors that appear across the 10,000 Punks collection into similar gemstones or enamel and so forth. So they're going into it. They're going to make it based on that. There's not going to be any customizations or anything of that nature. They're just basically going to take the jewels, the stones and everything, sapphires and all these other ones, and they're going to interpret that art. It says by October, clients will receive a render of their piece and then clients will end up getting it, you know, by early next year. The size of the pendant is 30 millimeters by 20 to 30 millimeters. So it's like one inch by one inch. So this is not a very big thing. Of course, a big, audacious rapper's pendant is not very Tiffany & Co's, right? This is something small, luxurious, and uh, on brand with them. Talking about the materials, there's going to be 18 karat rose gold or yellow. There's going to be stones. Of course, all the different gemstones, diamonds, uh, cariates of varying weights. All stones will meet the Tiffany & Co.'s ethical and sustainability standards. So I guess that means no conflict diamonds and all that stuff. You know, um, if you've ever seen that movie Blood Diamonds, that is a very real thing. There's literally wars being funded around the world on diamonds. But yeah, that's not what this is about. So that's what they're saying. Sustainability standards and all that. The chain is going to be. 18 karat gold adjustable between 18 20 or 22 inch with rectangular links so if that's not your thing rectangular links well maybe this is not for you or you can just get a different chain and then there's a question says well do you have to get this uh CryptoPunk chain pendant thing or can you just keep it as a collectible it says yes you can keep it as a collectible there is no limit as to doing that however if you want to claim it you have to claim it by that particular date so going back to this whole thing. My thoughts on this is I think it is a good play for the simple fact that this is a massive company, a massive brand, and they're in the business of making these high end, exclusive, very prestigious types of things. And first of all, they have me talking about it just by having it on an NFT show. I mean, they're getting free marketing out of this. I'm not paid or compensated for talking about any of the stuff that I talk about on the show. And I find it very interesting what they're doing, especially the reaction that they drew out of the NFT community. They have people on Twitter spaces and podcasts. YouTube videos, writing blog articles. There's uh people on the uh, traditional news media. I mean Yahoo. I mean I've seen this thing so many different places. I'm like wow, this is pretty crazy. So here we go. We have a spotlight on the whole NFT market, and in this particular, they're getting a spotlight on their brand and everything that they're going for. And as I said, the type of people that own CryptoPunks are the ones who are going to be able to benefit from this and be able to really get that piece because without the piece, you just have an NFT collectible, and you know after a couple of days, it can't. Me claimed. I guess there might be some artistic value in holding that, but I I don't know. Really, it's about the chain and the pendant. And considering that this is basically a $50,000 pendant, I mean, that's not totally out of the range for them. They have very expensive jewelry, and they're very high-end. I mean, presidents buy this stuff and you know celebrities so yeah it is on brand for them not having this mass appeal like say when old navy is releasing bored apes uh t-shirts and things like that i mean it's a completely different game right so this is very limited very exclusive the type of people that hold punks are their audience and tiffany's and as with all retailers they're still trying to find that new wind from a new generation because You know, we are in the Amazon era with the younger, the millennials, if you will. I mean, what is going to draw them into have any kind of brand affection or anything for these traditional retailers like the Macy's, the Bloomingdale's and Tiffany and all these types of companies? Well, things like this is going to draw them in, trying to bring in the next generation as, you know, as morbid as it sounds, well, their traditional customer base is dying out. That generation is out. A new one has to be brought into the mix. And doing things like this, I expect them to do a lot more trying to draw in the millennials because within a couple of years, it's been a while since I actually did the the, the full research of this. But millennials are going to have the largest buying power as the boomers are really going into their sunset. Right. Putting that very nicely. So a lot of these brands are really grooming and, and trying to uh, replace that generation with uh, the millennials right now. And doing things like this does get us to talk about them. So, yeah, with that massive price and, you know, it's it, I honestly I, I don't think it's going to steal liquidity from the market Yeah, The market is the market, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, wealthy people will be wealthy people. Crypto punk holders, generally speaking, are wealthy people. So they're going to figure this thing out. They're going to know exactly what they can spend on. It's no different than them going into Tiffany's and buying a $50,000 piece of jewelry. It just so happens that this is going to be via an NFT sales and someone else can degen into it and try to sell it to those crypto punk holders. But generally speaking, it is what it is. It's a part of the game. 250 pieces is not going to turn the whole market upside down. But hey, I would love to hear what your thoughts are on this matter. I know it's probably not the most popular opinion out there, but it is what I genuinely think. You know, obviously, as I said, I try to explore all this stuff and I try to see some flaws in logic and I don't see where this is going to steal sales away from my chibis, for example. Right. But well played, Tiffany, for making the headlines and being in the news. But speaking of the news and being in the headlines, if you're interested in this sort of thing and you would like to see some coverage from some stories that I might not make a full episode about and Trust me, there is so much going on in the space that I can't even cover it all. But I do have Nifty Business Week, which is a newsletter that comes out typically on Thursdays. And if you're interested in that, just go to niftybusinessweek.com. You can sign up for that. It's absolutely free. And if you do have a Wax Wallet, by simply replying with your Wax address, I will send you a Wax NFT. But with that said, I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So as usual, I'll see you in the next one. Later.